Welcome, my friend, to Where Wine Takes You. We strive to be a podcast just like the wine here in Paso of exceptional quality, seamless production, and an approachable space for you to just appreciate the natural beauty, the authenticity, and the vibe of the people, stories, and connections that make up Paso Wine Country. If we accomplish this goal, we do right by the wine, we do right by this place, and we do right by you. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. And I'm glad you're here. My hope is that you'll listen to these chats and feel even closer to Paso Wine Country, no matter where you are. I have people who listen, who work in the cellar at your favorite winery, to people who live far, far away and are just counting down the days before they can make their next visit, which I hope is soon, because we are open. Now, if you found out about this podcast from a friend, it's always fun to be the person on the tip of what's hot who recommends something. So share this with a friend or someone who you know that loves Paso, loves wine, or just loves good conversation with no stuffy wine bullshit. So rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app. I'd love to connect with you. Find me on Instagram. I'm at Adam on the air. And thanks to all the tags from people who are sharing their newfound connection to where wine has taken them, especially when it takes you to this show. Oh, today we have a great chat. If you've ever been downtown Paso Robles for a meal, well, you know, even if you know just the bare minimum of the restaurant scene here, you know Il Cortile. I mean, these folks have casually forgot more about world-class cuisine than most restaurants will ever even know. Owned by Carol and Chef Santos McDonald, these folks really set the bar for not only cuisine, but how to totally immerse yourself in a community while being the curve that a lot of other restaurants end up being graded upon. We have more amazing restaurants in a while right now in Paso. So it's a great time to visit, but even in a big metro area, even a lot of great eateries, there's always a few who are always at the top of people's lists. Enter Il Cortile. Now the success of Il Cortile led to a sister restaurant just down 12th street, La Cosecha. Now both are unique in personality, menu, wine list, but either place, they both leave you with a dining experience that has you so sprung. It's all about when can I come back? Carol McDonald is going to share a very rare story on how she and Santos came to Paso and how from working in the film business in L.A. led her to Hong Kong, where it was a T-shirt from a Hong Kong flea market that solidified one of the greatest changes of Paso's culinary game Ever. It is a great story, and it's one I know she doesn't share a lot. I was in the film business before this, and I happened to be working in um, Hong Kong. And I'm, this is really the truth. Not many people know this. <laughs> Every time I would travel to a different country, I would obviously get somebody who could translate for me or you know, help me out or whatever. And one morning I was going to work. Santos was coming home from work. Uh, he was executive chef of a restaurant down in L.A. I literally hang up the phone. I I go downstairs to see the woman who is working with me, and she's got a red T-shirt on with black writing on, and it says Paso Robles. Wow. I am not kidding. I can no. show you the picture. <laughs> and I looked at her T-shirt, and I said, where did you get that? And she said, oh, I got it at a flea market here in, you know, the night market down in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. So, you know, I took a picture of her T-shirt, and I sent it to Santos and said, we're moving to Paso. Yeah. <laughs> Divine intervention. That is a crazy story. Also, you might be well-versed on the secret menu at, say, In-N-Out, but by the end of this conversation, you're going to know a secret menu item that is a must at Il Cortile, that when you pull out this card, you will look so in the know, even the locals are going to be jealous of you. Also, part of our conversation today is Chris Cherry of Via Creek Cellars and Maha State. Now, Chris is not only one of the high-end and more respected brands in Paso wine country, but He's got a long history himself in the restaurant and hospitality game here. He had the crazy popular Via Creek restaurant for almost 20 years before he and his wife, Joanne, decided to devote all their heart and soul to the farming and to their winery. Via Creek was a legendary place. I mean, ooh, the memories there and the names of winemakers that are huge here now. Some of even we've had on the show that got their start and sparked their passion for wine right there at Via Creek. It was a haunt of the who's who in the scene. If it had a hotel, 
It would be like Paso's version of Chateau Marmont, which is the way it not only oozed cool, but was a haven for those that were, those that were to be, and those that maybe just wanted to be. And they just owned the scene for so long, it's sad to not have them around, but I totally get it. Plus, all you got to do is taste the heart and the quality that they put into these Via Creek wines and the Maha Estate, and you just get it. Now, keep in mind, we record this podcast a few days before you hear it. So when you hear Carol talk about the idea of being allowed to open and eat indoors as a possibility, that is now, as you hear my voice, a reality. We are now back to inside dining at a reduced capacity. And of course, our outdoor dining is thriving and killing it. Always find out the latest. Go to TravelPaso.com and it goes without saying. Check out PasoWine.com for the latest on what your favorite wineries are doing before your next trip to Paso. I show up to Via Creek, and it's one of those beautiful days where it's like one of the first things you say to everyone you see that day, wow, it's so nice today. Damn, it's a gorgeous day today. Like, it is that pretty outside. We're at the Maha Estate. Vineyards and hills are the backdrop to this picnic table. No more than 20 yards from all of the wines, all of the dogs, and even the winery itself. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. It needs to be outside like this. It's nice. It's great. Oh, this feels so good. I mean, it's a picture perfect day in Paso, Via Creek Ranch, and uh, getting into some wines. And I love it because we got you know a little bit of uh, restaurant flavor. We got a little bit wine flavor. We're going to get to know both of these folks. Uh, Carol, it's great to see you. How you been? Nice to see you too. Uh, we are. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, the royal we of Santos and I are. We're doing well. Yeah. We're, you know, we're doing. We're doing as well as can be expected in this last year, so it's we're having a lot of fun. I feel like nobody needs more love right now than the restaurants. It was it's been a wild ride for you, being told open indoors, outdoors, outside, inside. It's and then you have other people who are some you know one a group of people may be following the rules, but then could be disenfranchised by people who are not following the rules. So it is a definite a tough ride. But I I mean you guys are running the restaurant game in Paso and have been for over a decade. So Il Cortile, of course, La Cosecha, we'll talk about what both those brands are about. For a brand like yours, how has it been? Well, we're still here. Yeah. So let's just start there. And we're still here and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We were, I guess, every you know, like as everybody did in the beginning, we all kind of thought this was going to, you know, like maybe be a couple of months, maybe not be a couple of months. And when we realized, you know, like, somewhere around May last year, that this is going to be here to stay for a while, we adjusted our thinking and we're smart about how we were going to handle the, you know, the lack of business. Uh, We were very, very lucky to be included in the PPP. So that saved us tremendously in both restaurants. And by having that and being smart in how we handled this, we closed uh, Il Cortile from March until uh, the beginning of June. And we combined the Il Cortile and La Cosecha menus and did takeout at La Cosecha last year. Uh, when they shut us down again in December, we, we did takeout in uh, both restaurants. So we've kind of rolled with the punches and you know like how everybody says you got to pivot here and pivot there and i hope i never hear somebody say i got to pivot again because you're supposed I'm really to take a drink <laughs> take a drink every time you hear it so yeah <laughs> but it's 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 been it's been rough but we've maintained pretty much all our employees wow uh when we came back and um depending on what happens next week if we're allowed to go inside and if the city decides that we're going to keep our parklets i'll have to hire more people yeah how, how the parklets been parklets are amazing it's kind of cool huh? kind of mediterranean and yes. kind of something you wish that you know, maybe we'd gotten into a long time ago well we, oh. we were having a conversation years ago when i used to be a restaurant person like if you if we could close 12th and pine and create this this piazza type environment and you know unfortunately this particular incident has kind of forced the hand and yeah, it's, it, it, did. It, it, it's cool you know to see people outside enjoy, enjoying the weather and you know if it's a little chilly you bring a jacket bring a beanie mm-hmm. but I, I love it the parklet saved us 
to be perfectly honest with you, when they let us uh, come back just to outdoor dining, if we would have had to go with um, just the small courtyard in front of Il Cortile and the the six-seat bench, which had to go down to four-seat to socially distance at La Cosecha, we would have been out of business. So these parklets saved us. I mean... In the beginning, in the summer, we didn't have them. And one of the things that we did was we walked over to the Piccolo Hotel, which is next to Il Cortile. They have an amazing courtyard in the back. And I asked them, I said, is there any chance I can put some tables back here? It started off just on weekends and then it grew to, you know, five days a week. And little things like that saved us. Just saved us. That's so cool. It's oh. so cool to see neighbors working together like that. Oh, they they have been like the best neighbor ever. <laughs> and also, you know, with the you know, downtown with Travel Paso and some other, you know, all about events and them doing that thing in the park. Oh, yeah. And letting people bring, you know, food into the park. That was really clutch. Yeah, that was really good. That was the first thing that um, the city approved as far as, you know, like outdoor experiences and stuff yeah. like that. But the parklets was the smartest move ever because, you know, the, when they shut us down inside... Everybody put their tables on the sidewalk, and it was kind of like, "This is what we got to do." And this is what this is what we got to do. Sure. Well, look at look at what Eric and and Maggie did at Hatch. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. they've got almost they're all the way around the block. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now let me ask you, Chris Cherry, uh, Via Creek. When I first moved here, that was the coolest place in town. I was I was a. I worked at Vinoteca. It was my first like job in the wine biz. I was working in radio and then working there part-time at nights. And it was a wine bar. They would do their wine Wednesdays. And after work all the time, I would always go down to Via Creek. And that's where all the cool winemakers hung out there. That's why I met a bunch of them. Uh, are you looking now, you haven't been in the restaurant business in a couple of years, but are you looking at what's going on now going, oh my God, Like I'm so glad I'm not doing this right now. Well, I am, um, but I think... As an industry, the hospitality industry has really has been hit probably the most severe, especially the independent owners. You know, we there were there was money that was given out to uh, a lot of larger organizations that were publicly traded companies, and that's not really where the brunt of this industry is. And and I think if you look at the restaurants that have really been doing well uh, in Paso, in San Luis Obispo, and on the Central Coast in general, it's based on owner-operator. You know, Carol and Santos are on the floor. Donovan's on the floor. Um, <clears throat> Troy's on the floor. Eric and Maggie are on the floor. Laurent's on the floor. I mean, Julian's Julian. in the kitchen. I mean, it, that's that's how it needs to work. And, and you know, people ask, ask me, you know, don't you miss the restaurant business? And, and I do miss the restaurant business, but to be perfectly honest, our energy, Joanne and myself, were, came here. You know, our, our, our focus and bandwidth was really now away from the restaurant and more in the vineyard and the winery. And, you know, I, I just got, we just got out-competed. I mean, it was not where we wanted to be all the time. But when we were there in those great years, which were almost 20, it was some of the funnest, grooviest, banging times mm-hmm. in Paso. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times I remember what, whether it's Hospice Daron or Wine Fest where you couldn't fall down in the bar. No, <laughs> that's so I mean, true. And it wine was champagne fest, and margarita. Wine fest? Oh. oh my gosh. Didn't you grow up in the restaurant business? I did. I, um, when, when I was 10 years old, my parents thought Newport Beach was getting a little crowded and we moved to Vail, Colorado and bought an old dive bar just outside of Vail. So I lived in Vail from the ages of 10 to 20. So I did 10 to 20 in Vail and then uh, went to school in San Diego. My parents were done with the weather and moved out with me and they bought a restaurant in North San Diego County. And I decided, you know, one spring, kind of like today, all my friends are in wool suits and I'm in flip-flops and shorts and they're going to go interview to hop into one one hamster wheel or another, and I just didn't think that that was best suited for me. So I decided to get into the family business. And up until 2017, you know, I've been been in and around the restaurant from the time I was 10 years old. So I did the same thing. I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad had a restaurant, and probably spent 10 years at his restaurant. Went off into different career. And then came back to it because I always knew that I would end up back in the restaurant business. We, we, we just love it. When it came down to picking the cuisine that you wanted to, you know, represent your first kind of like footprint here in Paso, uh, talk about what Il Cortile started as and maybe what it's evolved into or it's always kind of been. But what did you and Santos want to really uh, capture and, and say, hey, Paso, here we are? Well, 
as far as the restaurant was concerned, there was no doubt it was going to be Italian. Um, I fell in love with Santos's food before I fell in, before I even knew who he was, and it was a great Italian restaurant down in Santa Monica, and he loves you know like he loves the art of Italian cooking and he loves that cuisine as long as well as the Latin cuisine which we developed a little bit later but this was his passion this is what he learned how to do from the time I mean he started as a dishwasher and moved all the way up and the chef who took him under his wing you know taught him so much about you know like the authentic Italian cuisine so we knew that it wasn't going to be anything else but that and I mean both of us we're madly in love with Italian food. We're madly in love with Japanese food, and we're madly in love with Latin food. Yeah. So it's kind of like truffles. And truffles. You love your truffles. We love our truffles, and FedEx has been messing things up for us the past couple of weeks. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. We we missed uh, truffles. We our suppliers out of New York who gets them from Italy. Yeah. And so we missed it last week, and then um, hopefully they're there today because Santos hasn't uh, called me to tell me they're not there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember one of our first conversations with you. We talked about truffles and, and how you're always making sure you, you love the white truffles and the well, all truffles. But all truffles. <laughs> um, what are some of the the dishes? That, I mean, I love his, his also buco. I'm just trying to think of like you can't have anything. I've had your food catered at holiday parties, and I mean you can't have a bad dish there. But what are some things that he really really gets fired up to make still you know I think of like a great band singing a song in a concert that they've done a thousand times but you know the fans love it I'm sure there's things you couldn't take off the menu that kill you uh, what are some things that he really likes to make and things that you really love of his like you said the pork osabuco has been on since day one can't take that off I think we'd have a, a riot same thing with the pappardelle chingali which is the wild boar that's great yeah, but he just did this new dish that I am in love with. One of the, one of my favorite dishes that if you're in the know, you can get it any time of the year, whether it's on the menu or not, is spaghetti bortarga. And that's a southern Italian, uh, actually from Sardinia. And it's a seafood pasta with um, bortarga on it. If you ask, you can get it. Because what's what's bortarga? I don't even know what bortarga that is. is a, bortarga is um, a... It's a fish roe, like a mullet or a tuna roe from uh, the Mediterranean, and it's compacted and then shaved like a caviar over the pasta. It's really good. Wow. It's, like, it's like a dried fish brick. So that sounds it, really and it, good. It, it is fantastic. I, I, that was on the menu a while back, wasn't it? Oh, it's been on, it goes on the menu oh, in the summertime, yeah. but we always have it because I always want That's it. That's one of my So favorites. it's kind of like, it's almost like a, we just learned a secret menu item. You do. You <laughs> do. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a couple of, there's a couple of winemakers in town that they come in and they know that they can get it. Oh, I'm going to try it next time. Yeah, it's but really that relationship, and I know it's one that you have to have. You want to have. Obviously, you wouldn't be so successful if you didn't desire that real, authentic connection with the wine industry and with these winemakers. And like Chris noted a few minutes ago, about you know, it's it's the Julians in the kitchen, it's the Santoses, it's the the Maggie and Eric's, you know, working the floor. It's the it's the Chris's who are managing the vineyards and making this wine and stuff. So it's like that connection that you have with the wine industry is so important. Well, the synergy is is. Is really good because the wines here have kind of evolved at the same pace that our food has evolved. You know, like we were a little bit, we've, you know, like they're, they're dishes that we still have on the menu. But when we first started, we were a little bit more timid, I think, to... Uh, like can Paso handle it kind of thing? Right, exactly. Well, I, I, think you, you pl- I think everybody came in and played broader brushstrokes, you know, like... Yeah. Oh, I love. I get this. I, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. Duh. I understand this. What the hell is batarga? Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Right. You know, and I think it. Like one of my. You got me eating duck. Good duck tacos, oh. duck nachos. Oh, those are dangerous. <laughs> the uh, like one of my favorite dishes is the uh, polenta with the poached egg, oh. and then if you can get that with some truffle Shut on truffles it, on it, it. it it's, it's just really a great dish. It, and and I think one thing that Italian food kind of across the board does better than the French and maybe as good as the Spaniards is it's all about simplicity and ingredients. Well, when we started, it was really funny. Santos had this philosophy that it was like, there's no more than nine ingredients in every dish. I'm not doing 27,000 ingredients. He does more than nine sometimes now, but it was simple. And like, for example, one of the new dishes that he just put on Il Cortile's menu knocked me out. And I've, you know, I've been married to him for 16 years <laughs> and he did a squid ink pasta with uh, Dungeness crab and he confis uh, tomatoes. So they're a little bit sweeter and just the combination of all of it. It's very simple. It's very good. But I'm telling you, I've had it pretty much every week since we've had it on the menu. And it's, it's, it's that kind of thing now that he, he really embraces the 
what is around right now? You know, like he's always calling the, you know, fish purveyors or meat people or whatever saying, okay, so what do, what do you have that's interesting and something something different, something new that I can use? You know, not that Dungeness crab is new, but it's like, oh, okay, sure. it's in season now. Yeah. So let's figure out a new way to present that. And, and I think that that's awesome because we saw... An ebb and flow of restaurants in Paso. You know, when we when we first opened Via Creek in '98, it was it was Laurent, ourselves, and and Boosie's, which is now Pappy McGregor's. <laughs> and, you remember that place? And then, wow. Then uh, the Kobayashi's came to town with Artisan. Uh, Carolyn Santos came with Il Cortile, and it was so interesting because you know you could see how it worked. I mean, people would come to town and go, "Oh, this place is amazing! It is so ripe for restaurants," but. You know, eight years ago, I think there were 15 restaurants either on the park or block off the park. And then Via Creek went away. Artisan went away. And, and Sadly, both of them. Yeah. yeah, I know. You're right. And I, I think Paso's coming out of a trough of kind of the doldrums in the food scene. You're um, right. It's, like a, it's a cyclical thing when Slow does it better, South County or North County. And I feel for a while, you're right. I felt like Paso was on this, like, you know, because you had I mean, Ember and Slow had some cool things popping up and uh, Giuseppe's became, uh, they moved and became bigger and huge. Yeah. But there's, you know. But now up here now with LPC and, you yeah. know, oh, well, Il Cortile and I mean, La Cosecha, I mean, you got the hatch. I mean. And what they're getting ready to do. And yeah. then, then uh, Levi LaPercio and Chris Hazma. I was just going to say, are, yeah, I can't wait for that. I mean, there, there's a couple of hospitalians right there that are going to be opening up a concept in the in the market walk. So it's going to be really, yeah. it's going to be fun. It'll be nice to have some choices. And um, I think the region, as a region, if we can continue the momentum that we jumped into this time last year, mm-hmm. you know, that New York Times article, number five or number seven places to visit in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some amazing momentum and just speaking with the PRWCA and local merchants, we need to continue that momentum because I think Carol can really speak to it as we came, as we got to open back up early on last year after being dark for two and a half, three months, um, we, we saw more business than we've ever seen here. Uh, I know the local, I mean, I'd go downtown and just You'd be shocked. I, I, I was actually shocked. And, uh, you know, Paso is so so lucky to be in the catbird seat. We're, we're right in the middle between Los Angeles and San Francisco. And, you know, at, at various times, those places were in a little heavier lockdown than others. And, you know, folks would come in and they'd just be so happy to see you and, and gracious and, and enjoy what we provide them, whether it's great food and service, an amazing place to enjoy wine. I think we can con- continue to carry that for a, a long time. I yeah. Mean, the area is, is, as you know, we, most overnight successes take about 15 years. We're about 20 into it. And, uh, it's, it's, I, I look forward well, to what's another thing that this, pod, that this podcast is supposed to be a vehicle for too. I mean, you're right. Just getting out there and, and building on, like you said, that, that huge undeniable momentum. I'm curious, Carol, when Carol or Santos of Il Cortile and La Cosecha want to eat out, <laughs> in Paso, where um, do you even? I mean, I don't know if you even have time, but where do you go? In Paso, it's really funny. Um, we we go to Goshi a lot because they're open on our night off. <laughs> we go to LPC, but Tuesday night we were off and we ventured to Paso Market Walk and we went to the wine merchant. They have a very very small menu, but I'm telling you, they have. This is so simple. They have the best grilled cheese sandwich I've ever eaten in my whole life. Is that right? Honest to God, and, that's and they have the an amazing. Cheese- Wine list, yeah, and they're 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 the new the new Paso. They're young. They've got great energy. They're working the door. They're, they're working it, mm-hmm. and um, they're such wonderful people. That's where it seems to be going. What, what you were saying just a few minutes ago. What I don't know if you remember two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the financial crisis. Okay, we opened in the middle of the recession, two thousand nine, November. Wow, ridiculous, <laughs> and um, scared to death. If you remember that time, you know, like from, say, 2009 to 2011, um, Paso wasn't so strong on the map at that time. People were just discovering it. But because no one was traveling to Europe and no one was going on, you know, extravagant vacations and stuff like that, they were doing a two or three day stint, you know, coming to the wine region. A road trip. Yeah. And just, just learning about our area. Well, now that we're on 
now that we're on the map, and I think, you know, pretty strongly, I think the same thing's going to happen for at least a year. I don't think people are going to feel comfortable traveling to Europe. I don't know if they want to at this point. Or um, they can. Or they can. <laughs> you know, we are the meth lab that lives below Canada. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think there's going to be more road trips. I think there's going to be more. Um, I think th- I think our tourism is going to go crazy. Yeah, You know, I number agree. one. I heard rumor that uh, Sensorio is going to open up again in April. That that, that alone that brought so much business into us. And the fact that people now know who we are. I mean, how many people are on your wine club that come three, four times a year? You, oh, know what I, you know what I mean? Lots. And the better component is we have friends that are in your wine club that said, oh, you're going to Paso? You've got to go to Maha Estate. Try those wines. You got to eat at Il Cortile. And here's our short list of where we go. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the exciting part. We, we, we love to see our regular, our regular guests. But uh, when, you know, when, you, when you can switch the light bulb on for folks that were like, oh my God, we had no idea. How like, many times, how good does it feel? <laughs> how good does it feel when that happens? That's the best. I mean, you know, that, that's, oh my God, that's what I miss. I never about, knew. Yeah, that's what I miss about the restaurant. But I, I do get that now here. You know, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going up to San Francisco. Oh, here, check this out. You should be here, here, and here. Or we're going to go taste wine in Sonoma County. Oh, go check out Pax and Jolie Laid. And, you know, all it, it's fun to steer someone. Yeah. Guide es- them. Especially yeah. when they're, they're excited. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, and, the guy that walks in and says, I know steak, I want a filet, and I want it medium well. Like, you don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the people that come into the restaurants, and this this happens very often. It's like, we drove here just to come to the restaurant. You know, like, we came here for dinner tonight because it's my anniversary. We came wow. here, you know, we came from San Francisco because... Uh, we're celebrating three birthdays or we decided to come here to go wine tasting and you know these are the three restaurants that we're going to go to and we're always in the top two and it's kind of it's a really good feeling and when they sit down and they haven't been there or they bring friends or you know somebody new is there and they just literally pull me like grab me and say things like you know I had no idea that this is the kind of food that you can get here. Yeah. It why really was it Paso? Sense. We asked this in one of the, the first episodes uh, last season of this podcast. Uh, why Paso? And obviously, you know, we talked about these two big metropolitan areas that we're right in the middle of, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Uh, obviously, Santos and your cuisine could knock it out of the park in either of those places in either community in, in both those metro areas. Why Paso for you? It's a funny story, actually. <laughs> we... A year after we got married, we had exactly three days off, and we came up to this area. We came up to the Central Coast, and Santos fell in love with the area. I've been here millions of times before, but it was his first time. I love the area, and we had plans on opening in uh, Santa Monica, and we were looking for places, and we found a couple of places. They fell through, and this fell through, and that fell through. So we, we started to come up here and explore the different areas, and when we hit Paso, it was like, if we come up here, Paso's got to be the place. Well, I was in the film business before this, and I happened to be working in um, Hong Kong. And I'm, this is really the truth. Not many people know this. <laughs> Every time I would travel to a different country, I would obviously get somebody who could translate for me or, you know, help me out or whatever. And one morning I was going to work. Santos was coming home from work. Uh, he was executive chef of a restaurant down in LA. I literally hang up the phone. I, I go downstairs to see the woman who is working with me. And she's got a red t-shirt on with black writing on and it says Paso Robles. Wow. I am not kidding. I can no. show you the picture. <laughs> and I looked at her t-shirt and I said, where did you get that? And she said, oh, I got it at a flea market here in you know the night market down in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. So, you know, I took a picture of her T-shirt and I sent it to Santos and said, we're moving to Paso. (laughs) Divine intervention. That is a crazy story. (laughs) That is so awesome. Where's wine taking you? I mean, I've heard your name. uh, I mean, I've known you for a while and I love our interviews like at Hospice the Rhone or Wine Speak and stuff. I've always enjoyed uh, talking to you. You're all about the farming. You're all about the winemaking and you're never short on an opinion. Where (laughs) did wine, where and when did wine bring you to Paso, Chris? Well, uh, thank you, I think. Um, of course it's a compliment. Oh, I, uh, you know, growing up in this business, I'm a fairly gregarious character, and I think if you're going to be doing things like this or sitting on a seminar, you know, entertain people, you know, make oh, it fun. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many seminars have you been in front of and you're like, 
oh my god this is killing me this is so and so is just a sleeper mm-hmm. well what we did was this and then we did that it's like no you gotta make it fun yeah where you guys are, are so complimentary like oh yeah people mention your name all the time well you know I mean Jacob Toff Edgar Torres I mean Gosh, so yeah. many yeah, yeah. So many folks that have that came out of Via Creek and like, oh yeah, we got switched on the wine at Via Creek, and that that's that's exciting. Sure. And, and it's all it's all about passion. And and you know, in the early days of Via Creek, you know, you had you, you had Justin Smith who couldn't who couldn't grow a beard. Uh, <laughs> you know, Matt Travison. You, you had Munch. You had Gary Eberly. Uh, you know, the, the, all the Hazes were coming into town. The Perans were, were coming into town. Uh, Richard Surrett, the Ducies. I mean, it, it was just such a great who's who. And there, there was a time when I had that mayor moniker, but I think Bobby Fox now. now, now <laughs> I think Bobby that. Fox does have that moniker. You know, but I, there's no doubt you are part of the, I mean, if you look at the Cool Kids Club of winemaking, I mean, when you talk about those big names, and you mentioned Saxum and LNA Coloto, I mean, like Via Creek and the wines that we're drinking and your reputation with wine is right up there. That's, that's, that's some cool space. I know they're all your buddies, but that's some cool space with the brand to be up there as well. Uh, uh, but how do you feel about the fact that you are the one that mentored Edgar and you mentored Jacob? Yeah. You and Stefan mentored Jacob. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, I mean, it's got to feel great. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about Via Creek is I was buying wines from all over the world and turning so many of those people onto them. You know, Justin and, and Matt would come in they're like, let's do Grenache. I'm like, okay, should we go to Priorat, Chateauneuf, or Barassa? They're like, oh, let's go to Priorat. I'm like, okay. And then inevitably I would grab another bottle and then let's sit and chat about it. What, what do you guys think? How fun. Yeah. Got to be a fly on the wall in that room. That would uh-huh. be so cool. And, it, and it, was, it was really great. And, and, you know, we were all younger people then, and, you know, I, th- I think Jacob was 19, and Edgar was 20, maybe. Justin finally grew his beard. Justin finally grew his beard. <laughs> and, you know, w- with the pandemic, he's sporting a rock and mullet. Or, right. excuse me, a moulet. <laughs> right, a moulet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when, when Stefan and Beatrice came to town, I mean, I've got a photo somewhere Stefan's in short shorts, you know, the kind of the Daisy Duke shorts right. with the pockets <laughs> and he's, and he's hand watering with a hose, his new planting there as you come onto the winery. And, you know, it's, I don't remember, it was probably 98. We had 20 people in the dining room at Via Creek. The Aseos were there. Uh, I think the Trevisons were there and we had Thanksgiving dinner there and it was all these new folks and, you know, folks come and go over the years and, and. You know, did those, you know then, did you have an inkling then, what the pastel that you'd be sitting in, say 2020? Or, I mean, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't say <laughs> I did 2020. 2019, right, yeah, that's what I, <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. But like <laughs> many, many years ago, that's funny. Well, I think, I, you know, Paso, from, from the press's point of view, was always like the next Napa. And, you know, the next Napa, the next Napa. And I think when we were 10 years in at the restaurant, it was, Joanne's like, we're not at the next Napa yet. I'm like, yeah, we're not there yet, but things are coming. And, you know, at the end of the day, Paso will never be the next Napa for okay. better and for worse. You know, Napa's an hour away from 6 million people. It's got a longer time frame to market its region. And um, they work pretty much with one grape. And that grape is one of the, the uh, it's one of the gateway grapes. You know, I mean, how, how many times have, have you been somewhere? Like, I'll have a glass of Cabernet, of course. Mm-hmm. Who says, uh, do you have any shots enough by the glass? Like, yeah. Exactly. What? what? Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do you have any uh, Barolo? Who? Barbaresco. Oh, Barbara. Yeah. I know her. My, fa- my favorite know her. in the entire world. <laughs> yeah. So now, now it's, um, you know, the thing that, that's cool about Paso, and I think it keeps it a little bit on the down, is that you got to come for the weekend. And then you can come and check it out. And, and more and more folks... Are coming by motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pe- Peachy Canyon Road is a favorite amongst motorcycles, exactly. vintage car people, cyclists, big white dogs that run the fence line. Right. <laughs> but, you know, now, that, now folks are coming midweek. And, you know, the, the midweek folks are, you know, they're, that's, a, that's a great client base to engage with as well. That's cool that there's more of that. Yeah. You know, you know what I... Just talking about this, you know, like I, I get this nostalgic feeling, um, you know, I'm, I'm a true romantic at heart, but, you know, I'm we're sitting here in this absolutely gorgeous setting in a beautiful day like this. And I'm listening to what you said about, you know, like the, the beginning days and things like that. 
don't you think, unfortunately, that 2020 took that all away from us? Just that innocence and the and the the delicateness of and the fun of sitting there opening a bottle of wine that you've never tasted before, or maybe you have tasted it before, and you sit there and you enjoy the bottle of wine and you talk about its, you know, its great virtues or aspects or something like that. You know, like one of my favorite things to do, you talk about how there's su- such diversity here as far as winemakers are concerned. It's not like Napa where there's one grape. Okay, so for example, um, one of my favorite things to do at the restaurant is, you know, compare... Uh, European varietals with the same that we might have, like your Fiano. Right. Okay. You you do a uh, Fuerte San Gregorio fi- uh, Falangina or Fiano, and you put it side by side with his, and it's like this is this is amazing. It's kind of like the Paso version of this European wine. Bella Luna makes a Nebbiolo that just knocks my socks off. Yeah, I it mean, tastes I, like Nebbiolo. It <laughs> tastes like Nebbiolo, and it tastes like Nebbiolo from. Italy, right? Which happens to be, you know, my favorite. My favorite wine in the world is a version of that, Barbaresco mm-hmm. and Barolo. And it just, you, you just sit there. You know, the nights that you just sit at the table, like Santos and I. One of the things I'm really, really missing right now is we have indoor dining. When we have indoor dining and everything's going well, and you know, you, we have a busy night and it's ten thirty at night or whatever. Santos and I, regardless of whether we're indoor or outdoor want to sit on the courtyard at this one table just by the gate, have a glass of wine together, possibly eat dinner, you know, or have an appetizer or something like that, and just sit and enjoy the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the food. Yeah. I just feel like, I do feel optimistic because I'm looking at a great day like this. Yeah. I but do sometimes feel- this, this journey that you've been on the last year has somewhat almost made you feel like you might not be able to recapture that you I think, fear that yeah the best word i think you can come up with for something like that is weary yeah you know yeah. it's it's i'm you know like i'm i'm not tired of it well i am tired of it but you're weary because mm-hmm. you can't enjoy what we're doing right now we're right. sitting at a picnic table outside in this beautiful setting having a glass of wine yeah. chatting about it chatting about stories that really make us happy yeah yeah and we just have to find a way right now. I mean, I, I'm sorry to get so philosophical. No, don't apologize. I love this conversation. I mean, I really want 2021 when we, you know, hopefully next week we go back inside, mm-hmm. even if it's 25 or 50% or something like that. And we keep our parklets and we keep all the European kind of vibe going on in Paso right now. And this excitement of downtown and the excitement that just then you know, stretches out to all the different wineries and everybody's having a good time again and everybody's sitting and, you know, maybe maybe it's La Cosecha that would be the place that everybody would be standing shoulder to shoulder yeah. and you couldn't fall down or something like that. Yeah. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's the kind of thing that you just, you just really long for and yearn for and maybe 2020 happened just to make sure that we understand how lucky we are. That's pretty insightful. That's absolutely, that's a great point. It's, you know, for, for the social creatures that we are, that, that, that's fun, you know? I mean, I don't mind not shaking hands, but, you know, walking up to you and giving you a big hug, how you doing? You know, it's, it's just kind of part of it. And now it's like, you know. You have to fist pump or <laughs> yeah, fist pump know. or, you know, or you, elbow. you just never know. Or someone comes in hot and they're like, you're like right. oh, you're one of my super spreader friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all have them. Hold my breath. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work? Oh, that's a good hack. Oh, I do it. Yeah. We, we don't know. It's a funny thing. I love it. Um, of all people, I had, you know, marathon tax meeting with my accountant this week. And one of the things he said um, was very reminiscent of what everybody's saying. You know, like people are going to be coming here from um, Northern and Southern California, maybe Arizona, Nevada, you know, all those areas that you can actually drive to or get to in an hour or two um he said people are going to be wanting to experiment and taste great wines now you know he's like now is the time to up your game on wines and it's like it's pretty insightful you know like i've been you're it's counterintuitive at the moment because you know like i'm thinking all of last year i told all my reps and everybody that i can't expand because i don't know when this is going to end but i like i said i feel optimistic right now and i feel like you know, some of some of your cool kid friends, you know, in the wine business um, come in every once in a while and they're like, 
let's get a bottle of, you know, let's get a bottle of... Uh, so let's do that, Gaia. Let's do that, Gaia. Let's do that, Sasakaya. Let's do uh, Fantati, you yeah. know. And then let's get a bottle of Via Creek or let's get a bottle of Saxum and let's yeah. get a bottle of Booker and put it side by side and let's have fun. Yeah. And that's been happening even when, even when it was a cold night and we were told that, you know, for various reasons we, we had, there was more um, scrutiny as to whether you were seating or not and you could do a takeout uh, dinner and sit on the parklets, you know, in a bag, which yeah. really broke my heart. I know. And, you know, we couldn't serve them, but we could bring the bag out to them. Right, yeah. Curbside right. service. <laughs> and, you know, Eric Jensen was there with a bunch of friends and they were opening bottle after bottle after bottle and having a great night. Yeah. And even at that, that's the Paso spirit as opposed to say like a maybe little bit north of us no absolutely i think it's kind of like we're gonna make this work because we are not going anywhere yeah that's a great way to put it's it it's what we do it's what who we are yeah it's who we are yeah this wine um this red wine is this like a carbonic kind of fun? What, what is this this is this is, is, so- this is uh this is a wine called soul it's a 2020 carbonic grenache from here off the maha state it's great you know talk about the mahas the maha is 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 one of those stories um you know tom vaughn who was a, a land surveyor here used to come in the restaurant all the time and i would always say you know if you're ever peeling a piece of dirt i'd love to know about it and he came in one day and he's like i'll have a firestone and i'm peeling 60 acres for one of my neighbors and i think you'd be a good neighbor well that's where we're sitting now and you know justin smith and i'd be riding bikes up peachy canyon he'd look up on this hillside that was full of walnuts at the time and go that'd be such a sweet planting and you know here here we are almost 20 years later wow it's planted it's a 60 acre parcel we've got 13 acres planted from day one we've been farming organically and biodynamically we were certified in both in 2015 so ourselves along with tablas creek and ambeth are all certified and castoro who who quietly farms over a thousand acres organically here in the region, which is is really a great monumental feat here. Let's kind of talk about how we can get in touch with both these uh, brands. And of course, for you, it's both your brands, but Il Cortile, La Cosecha, are we open now? Are we by reservation? What is the story? And I know we're crossing our fingers. It's going to evolve and get better as far as indoor dining. But where do we stand now and where are we going? At this day, we are doing outdoor dining in both restaurants and takeout in both restaurants. Il Cortile has three spaces of outdoor, which, you know, creates a, a nice footprint for us. We have our courtyard that's been part of the restaurant for 11 years. We have a park lot, and then we also have seating in the back of the Piccolo Hotel. La Cosecha has a gigantic park lot that we share with um, Streetside. It is, thank God, there, because I don't think we would have been able to make it without it. And we also have our outdoor counter. I've heard rumor that we will be inside next week at 25%. And we're keeping our fingers crossed that that's the case. Il Cortile, it's wiser to make reservations because it's hard to walk in there. Yeah. Um, La Cosecha has a little bit more opportunity for walk-in business. And when we open inside, there will be, we never, ever reserve the bar. And when we go back inside, we won't be reserving the um, front counter, or, you know, like the outdoor counter. So we have a little bit more opportunity for walk-in business there. And if you go to the websites, you can click right onto either reservations or to go. Our to-go business is, I would say, both restaurants were anywhere from 10 to 15%, depending on the night. I love La Cosecha because of the craft cocktails. You've been at the forefront of the mixology, you know, here with, you know, of course, Via Creek was there. Uh, I got my friends at Sidecar and Places in Slow up here, the Hatch. I mean, we have a lot of mindful uh, craft mixologists here, and I love a good cocktail. Our new cocktail... Our seasonal cocktail list knocked me out this week, or this this particular season. Yeah. And then Santos uh, had to match it, and he created a new menu, dinner menu, that other than the opening menu, this is my favorite menu that we've ever done. Really? Yes. He's got some nice things on there that just, it's kind of like the day that he, he created the menu and we were doing tastings and stuff like that. And it's like, so every single night I work here, I'm going to have to have like everything on this menu. <laughs> How many nights a week will you eat? The food there. I'm so jealous of you. 
<laughs> I, I, I kind of alternate. Yeah, okay. You know, different I go, places. I, you know, like Wednesday night I'll be at Cosecha, Thursday, tonight I'll be at uh, Il Cortile. Let's say next year goes crazy, La Cosecha, Il Cortile, they're killing it, we're back in business as far as like, you know, just humming like we were before. Would you think of a third restaurant? Because I feel like I've talked to you before, before we, all we this. We were going to do a third restaurant. And we were talking about a third one, I feel. It was going to be where Alchemist Garden is. And, oh. I, and I'm kind of glad that we didn't because it would have opened like the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, would we do a third restaurant? We've talked about it. Yeah. I don't know. What, the, what would the cuisine be? Don't know. You do know, but you don't want to say. I honestly and truly don't know. Really? Um, at this point, we, you know, we had the truck for a while. Yeah. It was a casualty of 2020. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And it was very casual. We were going to um, do a restaurant, a third restaurant, and it was going to be kind of eclectic because it was, Santos wanted to leave it open for whatever he wanted to do. He didn't want to put himself in a box. And Nobody it, put Santos in a box. Nobody put Santos in a box or in the corner. <laughs> right. Trust me. And, um, it would have, it, it would have been, it would have been a little bit more eclectic and, you know, like I, I, we were going to call it something like wine country cuisine to just kind of give it a overview that mm-hmm. we could do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. He has ideas in different, different directions that he wants to go in. But at the moment, at the moment we're stretched really thin. No, I hear you. So until we start to get a whole lot more people who are, who have the passion and the desire to work in a restaurant like ours, we would have to, we'd have to make sure that we had those people involved. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit light on um, staff. That's the biggest part of the equation. Yeah. And with, with new restaurants and whatnot. Yeah. What about you? How can people taste? Uh, now, is there a difference between the brands of Via Creek and Maha? Did I say Via Creek when I just said Maha earlier? Uh, no, Did you I, were correct. Okay, good. So, you know, we are here at the Maha Estate, and yes. that is our estate brand. And, and from the Maha and other vineyard sources that we work with, i.e. James Berry Vineyard, Lunamata, Slide Hill, the Via Creek wines come. Okay. Uh, about half of our production comes from this property. And uh, last year, I think 85%, everything that we work with is farmed organically. 85% of it is certified organic. But back to the restaurant thing, and I think it's, it's great. That's one of the, the positive things to come out of this situation is, you know, if, if you listen to this and, and you're going to visit Paso or, and, and you better, um, <laughs> make a reservation. Make yeah. a res- do, your la- do the homework, make a reservation, make a reservation at El Cortile, La Cosecha. You know, that, that's, that's one of the new, the new things is you, you got to plan ahead. And, and I'm sure Carol, Carol's got it a bunch in years past. You know, it's Friday at seven o'clock. She's working the door. Someone comes in, you're like, party of six? She's like, reservation? Like, no. And, and they get indignant. Because it's like, this is Paso. We don't need a reservation. It's like, come on, guy. You do need a reservation you, you, now. You, you need a reservation. And, and that also helps on, on the winery side. You know, if we know you're coming, it sets everybody up for success. Yeah. Oh, can we play the wine game real quick? Do you yeah. remember the wine game? The wine game? Yeah. You played it before with me on the air. I don't know if you have, Carol. I've never played it. The wine game is super, is super simple, kind of. We're just going to name wineries in a clockwise fashion. The two things we can't do, one, you can't pause longer than three seconds, and two, you can't say one that's already been said. Okay. Is, is, it, easy. is it global? Is it regional? Paso. Okay. Paso only. Okay. I was going to start with you, ladies, first. Just say any winery. Any winery. Six Mile Bridge. Alta Kalina. Via Creek. Bella Luna. Saxum. Grey Wolf. Lavenger. Lene Coloto. Opolo. Coastlin. Danner. Uh, Via San Juliet. Enome. Tablas Creek. Uh, Coastlin. Everly. Closeland has been said twice. <laughs> it's, it's a twi- I, I, she said it. Oh, did I, oh, I heard Ben and I thought Closeland. I can't believe I'm out so early. That is a travesty. That is just horrible. That's an easy one. I, like I know. That. I don't know how I did. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. All right. It's uh, it's Carol versus Chris. Go ahead. Finals. So, are Two we? of you. Just go back and forth. Okay. I'm out. Aaron. Desperada. Bodega Dagger. Herman Story. Pace of Terror. St. K. Uh, full draw. Royal Nonsuch Farm. Uh, Justin. <laughs> Booker. Um, <laughs> Saxum. Did somebody say that? Did somebody say Saxum? Yes. Okay. okay. I'm out. Out. All right. Carol's All right. out. Champion this time, yeah. Chris Cherry. Well, thank you. Via Creek. 
<laughs> Look at that. Oh, man. I wanna, first of all, I want to rematch on the wine game sometime with the two of you. But I would love to have a part two of this conversation. Honestly, I feel like this. we could have gone two hours here. We could have talked for a long time. I know you have service. You have a life, Chris. And you have a life. But I also Carol, love to talk. This was so much fun. Would you be down to do this again? Sure. I feel the combo. This was really fun. Listening to the two of you kind of bounce back and forth. I even felt like Carol was like peppering some good questions. So Chris, I'm like, oh, that's a good question, Carol. I'm glad you asked that. Well, like, I, this I, flowed well. Uh, absolutely. I, I can't wait to do it again. And, you know, Carol and Santos are, are consummate hospitalians, you know. That's that's why their restaurants do so well. Carol's on the floor. She's got a great staff. Everybody's Everybody wants to play. They're happy to see you. The food is good. They will adjust ingredients a little bit, but not too much. Because at the end of the day, Santos knows what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah, if he tells you not to add something to something listen to him yeah he's right I, and there's just something about being in that kitchen and looking down you know the restaurant and looking down and seeing that longhorns hat you're like oh this meal is going to be fantastic yeah this yeah. meal is going to be one and, of a kind and don't forget that that uh, under the radar spaghetti spaghetti with botarga oh. spaghetti botarga that was the it's, secret it's menu the item secret password i love it <laughs> and well, you can always have truffles so you can always ask for truffles did you guys have fun doing this i, I look forward to it again I love soon it. Give me that time, we'll get by. We pass on round till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. What a fun conversation. Great chat. Much thanks to Carol McDonald and Chris Cherry for being so generous with their time and conversation. Obviously, you can tell a love and belonging to Paso and a desire to share lives within both those humans. Just great people. And I highly recommend both Il Cortile and La Cosecha while you're here again. And you get to drive on easily one of the most beautiful Central Coast wine country drives when you hit up the Maha Estate and Via Creek Cellars just off Peachy Canyon Road. What a show. How great. Putting together the next few episodes. And, oh, man, I'm so excited. All the way through spring, we got special, special shows for you. So get ready. Tell a friend. And let's keep on this ride. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine. Associate producer and fulfillment by Jen Bravo. Original music performed by Moonshiner Collective. If you listen to this podcast on Spotify, just search for Moonshiner Collective and go get some. You can also learn more at moonshinercollective.com. And before your next trip to Paso, again, you got to hit up pasowine.com. Where Wine Takes You is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Next time you're cruising around the Central Coast, you can check me out on your radio. Up and Adam in the morning, heard weekday morning, 6 to 10 on Coast 104.5. And the wine stuff on the Crush 92.5, the perfect blend. And please follow me on Instagram at Adam on the air. Got some fun pics and you can see kind of behind the scenes of what we do here with where wine takes you and go back and check out all the previous episodes. You may be missing out on some great stories and great conversations from some of your favorite winemakers. But if you just jumped onto the podcast and not gone back to older episodes, you're missing out. So go get a look at pastelwine.com And of course your podcast app, we have 16 episodes before this one. So go to it. So by the next time you visit, you will be ready for anything. You will know so much inside stuff on the scene here, the wine here, and the people here that make up Paso Wine Country. You'll be even better equipped when you see where wine takes you. Cheers. And give me that passion, give bowing, pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Give me that moonshine, give bowing, pass on down till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. Give me that moonshine, give bowing, pass on down till the job is in the trees you will simplify in good company with that moonshine we'll get by we pass all around till the job is dry camped out in the trees you will simplify in good company